Have you heard of buyer's advocates, but you're not quite sure what they actually do? What does the process of working with a buyer's advocate look like? And also, why would you work with a buyer's advocate? Why would you not just go and buy a house yourself without any assistance? Well, if you're wondering these things, you're not alone. They're pretty common questions. So I asked friend of the show, Sam Spinat from Rodney Sam. Consulting, who he is a buyer's advocate, to come back onto the show and explain to us, uh, you know, what what a buyer's advocate does and um, why you should consider working with one when you make your next property purchase. Now, if we haven't met before, hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining uh, me, us. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. My name's Joe Violetta. I am the co-owner of Violetta Finance with my husband, Carl. It's a mortgage brokerage and we help families and small businesses achieve their property and finance dreams and goals by helping them get a fair deal on their property finance. So their home loans, property investment finance, that sort of thing. Oh, one more thing I want to let you know before the show starts is that I recorded this episode a few months ago. I think it was back in February and it is now August 2020 and uh, the show will be published in September 2020. And so if you're listening to the show in real time, so in September 2020, we are in the midst of stage four restrictions here in Melbourne due to COVID-19. So during this episode, which we recorded back in February, I think it was, we were talking about open for inspections. So when you sell your house, people can come and, you know, walk through and have a look. Those things were still um, allowed back then. They're not permitted at the moment during the, the restrictions. So, but hopefully they will be again soon. Uh, so I thought I would just let you know. And if during this intro you've heard any little background noises, it's because I'm recording this from home and we're all home because of stage four restrictions. Anyway, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent now. Let's get stuck into the show and answer all your questions about buyers advocates. Hey, Sam, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Now, what we're going to chat about is why people should consider engaging a buyer's advocate. I thought you'd be the perfect person to speak to, seeing that you do, you are a buyer's advocate, so you'd, you'd know the benefits. I think we might start off with what a buyer's advocate actually is and does, because I, I think buyer's advocates are quite popular and well understood in America, for example, but in Australia, I think it still might be a bit of an emerging industry. So yeah, can you give us some clarification around what a buyer's advocate is? Sure. Look, it's a bit of a new industry in Australia. So basically, the way to think about a buyer's advocate is your representative to go help you find, buy, and secure the right type of property that meets your requirements. Now, be that for um, investment or home buyership, um, really the advocate is there to be your representative where the sales agent, the person selling the property, is there to represent the vendor. So my job is to, you know, when I meet with a client, I, I, the, the first question is, you know, what are you looking for? What are you trying to achieve? And, what you know, what are your goals out of this property? 
And obviously, home ownership should still be treated with an investment twist. It shouldn't ever just be, I just want a home, so it doesn't matter how it performs. It does. But really, then it's my job to go into the market, find the property that suits my client's needs, and then help them secure that property without overpaying for that property. Okay, so representing the buyer and helping them secure the property that they want without overpaying for it. So, so when someone works with a buyer's advocate, what does the, the process look like? Like how does it actually work? Sure. So why don't we just talk through as if I, I was dealing with a new client. So obviously, as I said, if we'll, we'll talk about investment because predominantly that's what we're there for um, is investors. But obviously, as I said, I deal with a lot of home buyers, more than I ever thought I would. And the first question, as I said, is always, well, once we've got past the budget, what are you trying to achieve out of the property? Now, Some for some clients, it's capital appreciation, particularly our younger clients. And for some of our older clients, it's actually rental return because they're heading towards retirement and they need something that's going to give them an income more so than something that's going to give them capital growth. So that's always the first hurdle. And then it's, well, what properties are going to give that goal? And are they available in their price point? Is it something that we can help them with? And then going out into the marketplace and trying to find and secure that property for them. Um, you know, I sat down with a client recently, had a budget of about 700000 um, looking for something to add value to their first home. But also being their first home, it's a stepping stone property. So we want something that in the future could either be tenanted out very easily because they may flip it into being an investment or something that we can on sell at the end of the day to help them leverage into the next bigger property for themselves. But, you know, they have an advantage in that the client's father is a builder. So obviously finding something that needs a renovation to them would be a big advantage because they can get it done for cheaper than anyone else. So that's what I mean by looking for their goals. Their goal is to get a first home, but also they've got a big advantage. So why not utilise that advantage? So that would be one of, you know, an, a way we start the conversation. And obviously, it was talking to them about what properties would be in their budget from what areas. You know, if they sat down and said, well, I want South Yarra, well, we're not going to be talking about single front cottages, are we? We're going to be talking about one and two bedroom apartments. Same way as if they go over to Williamstown or Ascot Vale, we can start talking about villa units and the same down south, be it in Brighton or in, um, you know, Elstonwick or Carnegie. That, that's more of a villa unit market than an apartment market. Okay. And so then once you've helped them find what might be an appropriate property, uh, so that, do they go to the open home or do you go to it or what happens well, there? They can be, as I often say to clients, you can be as involved or uninvolved as you like. Some clients, you know, literally hands in the air, not interested, mate. Call me when you find something and then we'll have a chat. Uh, got a great client like that at the moment. I don't think he's ever even looked at one of the properties I've bought him. He may have, he may have driven past them. Um, really not interested, which is fine. But then in the same breath, I have other clients who want to be out there on the Saturday with me. I don't mind if they want to come and look at other things with me um, to get an appreciation of how I operate. So they might jump in the car with me on a Saturday morning and come and look at five or six properties. A couple of them might be for them. 
but they'll, I'll also be looking at properties for other clients while I'm out the bat because I can't just dedicate a whole weekend to one client for obvious reasons. Um, so no, they do come to the opens. Normally, I'll try and actually already have looked at the property before I take a client with me because then I'll be able to assess whether they're wasting their time or not. Because there's nothing worse than when I go look at a property that I think might be all right and the client's begged me to tag along and we, we get out the front and I'm like, I'm so sorry because I can even see it's horrible from the street and I'm not going to let you buy this. Um, and you kind of, you know, walk in, head down, go, oh, yeah, great, this is revolting, let's leave. Um, and, you know, they might have come from half an hour, an hour away just to come and have a look at it. So I try and cover the properties off before they come and have a look at them. Okay. All right. That's good. And then you know the right questions to ask that real estate agent. She usually would often have a relationship with many yeah. real estate agents, particularly considering that you also offer ven- vendor advocacy. Exactly. And then, and then you know, so the right questions to ask them and then can also negotiate with them in a private sale, I'm, I'm supposing. But if there's an auction, do you also bid on the client's yes. behalf? I've asked you about seven questions in that one sentence. Yep. So I'll start at the start. So, yeah, look, you're right. I do tend to know the agents. And if I don't know that agent, I'll know someone within the, the firm that I've dealt with previously where I can kind of say, well, hang on, look, have a chat to this person, let them know I'm not going to waste their time. And it just gives them some confidence in who they're dealing with as a known quantity and vice versa. You know, I could speak to one of the agents there and they could go, just be careful for X, Y, Z reasons. And that does happen. Not all agents are really that conscionable. Um, I'm sure the public are shocked to hear that. <laughs> but really the idea is that, yeah, I will go in there. I'll ask the questions I need to ask. And I kind of quarantine the purchaser from them. They don't have to talk to the agent. Then they can kind of just have a look and not be pressured because the agent knows they'll get a pretty resounding response from me if they pester one of my clients. Um, I, I have a way with words. Um, I love that. So you, you offer a pester barrier as well. Well, I call it a filter. Okay. <laughs> You know, and look, that does tie into the vendor advocacy. And one of the reasons a lot of people who use our vendor advocacy service, which we do, we get paid a referral fee by the agent. So there's no additional cost to use that service when you're selling your home. Um, and it takes the guesswork out. But a lot of people use it because there's a thing called the educational process. And it was more common in the past, but it still does happen, where the agent will tell you a price that your property's worth probably above market to try and get the work. And then we'll then tell you one week later, oh, it's amazing, the market's changed, we've got to drop your price and expectation. And they know if they do that with me, once again, it's going to be a pretty resounding response and I'm not going to be too polite to them. But also, more importantly, not only will I never use them again, I'll make sure their boss probably knows that I'll never use their company again. That's just not the way we operate. Um, and, and people like that feeling, particularly my older clients who maybe don't have the confidence or clients that have never bought and sold before and don't know the games the agents play. And, you know, some of them are slick and very good at playing the game. And it really makes people almost uncomfortable dealing with them and not realising what their rights are, actually. Okay, good. All right, so a, a conduit as well, and you've got a relationship with the agents. And, okay, so if it's a private sale, you would negotiate the price 
And then if it's an auction, then you uh, you can offer to bid for the client at the auction. Oh, we, we, bid, we always bid for our clients on their behalf and do the negotiation. That's part of the service of the package. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll attend the auction on your behalf um, and bid or do the private sale negotiation. Um, and, and with our company, it doesn't matter whether, you know, it takes two or three goes to buy the property for you that we're looking for because you can't buy everything you attempt to buy. And I'd be really worried about an advocate that does say they buy everything at attempt because I'd be thinking they probably overpay then. Um, but it's the same fee, whether it's the first one we go for or it takes us five goes. And you know what? Sometimes that just happens and you can't help it. Um, where you miss out on properties here and there just because someone is willing to pay more than you are. And you, you know, you can't just throw caution to the wind and pay whatever it takes. That's a dangerous method. And that's why I think having an ad is one of the big ad advantages of having an advocate is that it removes the emotion from it. And I notice with a lot of my husband, Carl's clients, they'll find a home and they'll be like, right, this is the dream home. And I don't have any finance sorted, but I need finance sorted within the next 48 hours because I need to put on an offer. And if I don't get this home, it will literally, not literally, but they say it will literally be the end <laughs> of the world. And the thing is, other properties will come about. So you, we need to approach these kind of negotiations and these purchases with cool heads or else you yep. can end up overpaying. So I think that's one of the huge benefits of having an advocate is someone who's done this before many, 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 many times, many more than you have, and mm. will approach it with a very cool head. What are some of the other benefits of engaging a buyer's advocate? I mean, we've covered them, but let's just list them off so we can be really, really clear. It's the independence. You're not seeking advice from someone who has a vested interest in working for the vendor, not you. It's also not wasting your time. So you're not looking at things that are priced above your price point and therefore you don't end up chasing the market. Now, in a growing market, that can be really dangerous because you might start off thinking, I can buy whatever, what I want for 700 or 800 or what have you. But then all of a sudden, if you've spent six, 12 months looking, you're all of a sudden priced completely at what you could have bought 12 months ago. And that's one of the big factors. It's about knowing when to say, yes, I will, I will have that extra bid. I won't hold back. I will have the go. Because as I said, you know, as we've discussed previously, sometimes paying that little bit extra to get into the market is the best thing you can ever do. And I often say to my clients, there's no harm in paying half a step ahead of the market to secure a good property if you're going to hold it for a long time. There is a lot of damage and danger, though, in paying a full step ahead of the market because that then eats into your capital appreciation. And that's why, as I've mentioned in some of my other um, social media content, there's two prices that we discuss. There's always what's the property worth and then what's it going to take to buy this property because very rarely are they the same number. There's always a buyer's premium. Okay. You have to factor in. You know, and it's the same, doesn't matter whether we're talking about property, classic cars, artwork, fine jewellery. If you want something that's rare, you will have to pay a premium to secure it. And some houses are rare, some investments are rare. 
Some are dime a dozen. I try and not buy the ones that are dime a dozen. Because then why would someone pay you a premium in 10, 15, 20 years when you come to sell it? Very good point. Any other, what other benefits can we list off? Look, saves you time, aggravation. You don't have to deal with real estate agents. That's usually the big one. You don't have to deal with the estate agents. That's all left up to me. I get to have that fun. <laughs> um, but the, the time is really the big one. I'm out there seven days a week, 365 days a year pretty much, other than um, the major holidays, actually looking at property and talking to agents. If you're in the hunt for a property, you're spending every weekend driving around, and I'm sure all your listeners could think of better things to do on their weekend than talking to estate agents. God knows I can half the time, <laughs> um, but this is the life I chose. So for a lot of people, it is the time factor and the lack of aggravation. They get their weekends back. How many times, have, I'm sure your listeners have had the kids at Auskick or you know, swimming and they're like, oh, I really want to go look at that property, but I'd actually much prefer not to have to leave this game. Or, or it's pouring with rain and it's torrential and you're thinking, I don't want to get a couple of kids in the car to go look at this house. Send me along to do it. It's much more, it's much easier to get me to do these things. <laughs> That's so true. So sa saving time, av aggravation, potentially money, getting and actually finding a property that will meet your needs and your, and your goals. Now you yeah, meant, goal, go on. Sorry, sorry, cut you off. The goals is a big one because everyone's got a different goal. They could be a property developer. They could be an investor. They can be a home buyer, but it's all the intrinsic issues of what they're trying to achieve is what we help our clients with. Great. Now you mentioned your social media content. So you do do a lot of really good videos. I enjoy watching them. Where can people find your videos and more information online? Well, look, um, Facebook's always probably the best one. That's where I do put a lot of it through. So Rodney Samuels Consulting um, on Facebook's our page um, or Instagram, RS underscore consulting. We've got an IGTV channel there. Um, YouTube, I'm on. I don't, I must admit, I don't check YouTube as much as uh, the other ones. Um, or once again, just on our webpage, rodneysamuels.com.au. Brilliant. Well, that is fantastic. Please do make sure that you go and check Sam out and connect with him online. Thank you so much for joining me, Sam, and I look forward to chatting with you again very soon. Thanks, Joe. Great to be here. Thanks for joining us on the Dream Home Movement. Be sure to come over and say hi on Facebook and Instagram. I hope that your Dream Home projects are going well and I look forward to chatting with you again next week.